Welcome to Private Club Radio, the industry's first and only program dedicated to education, news, events, trends and announcements. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. I hope you're ready to have a little fun today on Private Club Radio. We're talking membership marketing strategy. This is part two of three of a series that we're putting together on modern membership marketing strategy. If you haven't listened to episode number 35, stop this tape right now. Stop the tape and go back and listen to episode number 35, which was membership is not a sprint. This is the follow-up to that. Today's episode is titled membership is not a logical purchase. Now, after hearing that title, I'm sure I already have a few naysayers, but bear with me today. I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. And before we get into that modern membership marketing strategy, we've got Board Chats presented by Concert Golf Partners, the inaugural edition of Board Chats today. Stay tuned for that one. And before we bring on Peter Nanula, chairman of Concert Golf Partners, I just want to tell you about a couple of pretty cool things happening over at privateclubradio.com. If you didn't tune in last week, first off, shame on you. (laughs) Now, what you missed was a promo code for our quarter one of 2017 webinar, Bright Ideas to Keep a Successful Club and Career on Track, presented by Michael Crandall. Really honored to have him on. And the PCR code for Private Club Radio listeners to get your early bird discount will only last through the end of this month. That means you only have two more weeks to claim your $50 off this education session. Use the code PCR50 to receive that $50 off. And for less than a dollar a minute, you will be able to hear Michael Crandall. During that session, he is going to give you a better understanding of the new challenges in today's club management. You'll get a better grasp of the differences between important and mandatory. You're going to earn the confidence of your board, membership, and staff, better provide meaningful leadership skills, and it's, in general, just a must-attend event. You do not want to miss this one. Michael's a dynamic guy. PCR50, go to privateclubradio.com webinar and sign up today. A couple other little bits that are happening over at Private Club Radio. If you don't know about it, we do have our own mobile application. That way you can take this show on the road with you. Episodes drop every Monday. Just go to iTunes, search for Private Club Radio, or the Google Marketplace, the Android Marketplace, search for Private Club Radio. That'll come right up. That way you don't have to go to a podcast app. You don't have to necessarily go to our website to interact with this show, to vote on topics. You can listen to the episodes, see all the guests, and It's just a lot of fun. And lastly, in terms of Private Club Radio News, we've got our new Facebook group that we just recently opened. Just go to Facebook, type in Private Club Radio. You'll see the Private Club Radio listeners forum. Ask to join it. It's a private group, but you can ask and I will let you in. It's a place for you to interact, talk shop with people from all around the world in the private club industry. If you have questions for me directly, you want to reach out, I will answer anything that happens over there as well. And just have a discussion, have some fun, share some ideas, and learn some new things from your colleagues around the world. Private Club Radio Members Forum, just search for that on Facebook. One other bit of news that comes from the Club Managers Association of America. 
Registration has officially opened for the CMAA 90th World Conference on Club Management and Club Business Expo. It's happening February 7th through the 11th in Orlando, Florida. Very close to me, so I'm really happy about it. If you've never been to one of these things, it is really a must-attend event. There's going to be over 80 educational sessions. There is, of course, the expo where you can meet with all the club vendors and get some new ideas from them. I will be there. We'll be there with Private Club Radio doing some live interviews, so you can come meet me as well. Come out, check it out. Go to cmaa.org, and you can sign up and register for the event. We'll be back with board chats right after these messages. Why do over 60% of Boardroom Magazine's distinguished clubs choose to partner with Club Essential? The better question is, why not? As the leading provider of club management and marketing software to over 1,400 private clubs, our unified suite of modules are designed to automate club operations while informing and engaging members. From websites to accounting and POS to CRM, online reservations, and mobile apps, Club Essential has all of your club's technology needs covered. Visit clubessential.com to learn how our experienced team can help your club. Again, that's clubessential.com. Hello there. I have a question for you. How impressed are members with the cleanliness of your club? To attract new members and keep current ones happy, your club must provide the best cleaning and maintenance service possible. Elegance Cleaning Service specializes in country club cleaning. We'll create a custom cleaning program where members can see and actually feel the difference. Don't accept par for the course at your club. Visit clubelegance.net and step up your cleaning game today. And now it's time for Board Chats, presented by Concert Golf Partners. A behind-the-scenes look inside real boardrooms with special guest Peter Nanula. Welcome to the inaugural installment of Board Chats, presented by Concert Golf Partners. Each month on this segment, I'll be joined by Peter Nanula of Concert Golf Partners, and together we'll be speaking with actual board members of equity and member-owned clubs. These are folks with real-world experience sitting inside the club boardroom. I'm excited to bring this new segment to you because it will be distinctly new ground for this show. We'll be dealing with board strategy issues rather than operational issues, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes look into what goes on inside the boardroom. I'm pleased to have Peter join us today. Peter was recently recognized by Golf Inc. as one of the most influential people in golf. Peter, welcome to the segment. Can you refresh our memories about Concert Golf and what you guys do? Oh, thanks, Gabe. Good to be with you. Yeah, uh, as you know, Concert Golf Partners is a a company that I started uh, five or six years ago to invest in private clubs and preserve and enhance those clubs with capital with a debt-free capital structure and an experienced team of club operating people. So that's what we're doing. We've got 13 excellent private clubs now, and we're trying to find more who want to partner with us. All right. And why board chats, Peter? Yeah, no, this segment I thought, Gabe, would be interesting because uh, a lot of what I read in all the same periodicals and trade shows and things that you, you attend, a lot of it's operational, you know, food and beverage. Uh, HR, uh, a lot of tactical stuff that's excellent content. But what I don't hear a lot talked about are the board level strategic issues that I spend most of my time doing. I'm, I spend a lot of time in the boardrooms of private clubs like Blue Hill, which we'll talk about today, where you've got you know 10 to 15 you know board members uh, who are entrusted with the stewardship of a private club. 
and they're talking about you know big picture issues. What do we do for capital? What do we do about our debt? What do we do about investing in the club and how do we properly pay for that? Those kinds of issues. And having spent some of my career sitting on the boards of actual companies and sitting in the boardroom, I thought maybe we could bring some board level strategic dialogue to augment some of the tactical and operational content we see out there in the industry. Yeah, I love it. When you mentioned this to me, I thought it was going to be perfect for our listeners. Give them something new, something different. Well, today we're joined by Tim Nelson of Financial Executive and a longtime board member at Blue Hill Country Club in Boston. If you don't know Blue Hill, the club was founded in 1925 and has been host to both PGA and LPGA events, most notably the PGA Championship. Tim recently orchestrated a unanimous board and member process to inject fresh capital into his club and reduce everyone's dues. Did I get that right, Tim? You actually lowered everyone's dues while bringing over $8 million into your club? Uh, yes, we did. We actually uh, lowered it by $3,000 a year, which was, uh, believe me, it was, a, it was a miracle, and our members are still talking about it. Perfect. Can you tell folks about some of the challenges you were having at Blue Hill? Yeah, since 2008... Uh, as everybody knows, a lot of the private clubs had, had trouble holding members for a variety of reasons, but a lot of it was financial. And in 2008, our, we had almost 300 members in our club. By the time we actually did the deal with Peter, we were down to about 220. And we had done everything we could possibly think of uh, to get members to our club. We, you know, we did different uh, due structures for new members. We did, you know, uh, promotional deals. We did everything we could, but every time we did a deal, the, the, the people that had to pay the price were the current members. And, and as you know, as, as a private club, we, we have to be at zero by the end of the year. So every time we lost members, it just meant that the dues for the members that were still there went up every year. And it got to the point where our due, due structure was higher than could be competitive in the market we were in, in Canton. So it, we were kind of in, in a bit of a death spiral at that point in time, and we just needed to, we needed to bring in an outside investor uh, to, to do the things we needed to do. One of the other things is we needed to make changes to our club to attract new members, uh, especially new younger families and things like that. And we just had a really hard time getting our membership to agree on anything. And as I've talked to other other clubs, as, as we went through this process, a lot of other clubs have these same issues, is that you have younger members that want one thing and you have older members that want something completely different. Yep. And we had actually tried to put together a renovation project for our clubhouse uh, and our driving range in 2015 or 2014. Um, a lot of our older members were against it because it was going to cost money and they didn't see where they were going to use some of the things. And truthfully, by the end of it, it became very ugly. Uh, we had arguments out on the golf course. Um, and it, it, it just got to the point where we needed to make a tougher decision. And we, en and we ended up doing that. What were the board's concerns and what were the dynamics like? Well, the board's concerns were, were the first one was just membership, um, that we were losing members. The second one was um, we have an unbelievably beautiful golf course. It's 27 holes. Um, it's one of the nicest golf courses in New England, but our clubhouse needed a lot of work and we, we were going to have to put two to $3 million into it, uh, just to get it back to where it needed to be. And, and we needed to do a you know, variety of other things. 
We also had an environmental issue on our course uh, that was pretty expensive that we couldn't take care of, and we kept pushing off, mm-hmm. uh, and it needed to be taken care of uh, immediately, and we just couldn't get our members to pay for it. So with those, with with that sitting out in front of us, we had we had to finally come come make a big decision that we were going to going to start talking to outside investors, and and we did, and right before we did. One of the changes we made immediately uh, to make sure that we could get approval is we going through the renovation project. We actually realized we had a group of members that thought that they weren't getting heard, and they kept saying that they weren't getting heard. So we actually uh, we made we made a decision that we were going to have all the interest groups involved in the process so we could get it done. And we actually changed up our board and brought some of the the, the biggest dissenters on the board just so they could see all the problems that we were having and they could be part of the process so we could get it done. I think that's a really smart solution. Uh, we've heard a few other folks here on the, on, on private club radio talk about getting, you know, fresh blood into the board and people from, you know, different demographics because clubs are made up, like you mentioned earlier, of, you know, both young and old and everyone has a different desire. So how did you actually get the entire board to come to a consensus when you have so many different personalities and demographics at your club, Tim? Well, it, it, it's we had a 17 member board, which is unheard of, and and really no board no board should ever be that large because <laughs> you have to make 17 members happy all, all the right. time. It's strange. My background actually in financial is is actually more in sales, and I sold the large corporations, and and for that we had to please a wide variety of constituencies every time we did it, and so you just had to figure out what the win was for each group. Mm-hmm. And you had to compromise. So there was a lot of compromising that went on. And by the time we got done with the decision to to uh, bring in concert and work with Peter, we got a unanimous vote from the board to do it. And that's because the, everybody understood what the issues were. They were all part of the process you know, of, uh, of talking to you know, outside investors. They were part of the process to, to uh, bring Peter on. And when the decision made, it was unanimous to do a uh, concert. And by doing that, we got to bring it our, to our membership that we had a unanimous board vote and, and everything went better after that. What were some of the options that you were considering in addition to concert and what made concert the best candidate for your situation? We had looked at uh, selling nine holes of our club um, and, and to, to see if we could use some of that money. Um, but it turned out our members really like 27 holes of golf. And it is. It, it's a huge advantage. Um, for all of us. So uh, one of the things we looked at, we looked, we, we talked to some outside investors. Um, one of the deals was we had to keep 27 holes of golf. Uh, we wanted to have, uh, an organization that was a good fit for us, uh, just personality wise and that they understood what we needed and we understood what they did. Um, and, and we wanted to make sure we were going to be able to reduce our dues and also be able to uh, get the uh, renovation projects we needed completed. Um, by far, Concert came back with the best offer, not just monetarily, but it, but it was such a good fit. Everybody liked Peter. Peter did a great presentation in front of, in front of our group. And believe me, some of them can be difficult. And Peter answered all of their questions. And by the time we finished, I mean, we did a lot of other things, too. To make sure we were prepared, but by the time we got to the end, it was a unanimous vote by our membership to go with concert. And believe me, in our club, that is a miracle. And <laughs> with seventeen, it and sounds was, like it. 
Well, it's it's 17 board members and then 300, you know, or 220 members too. And everybody voted to go and bring in a concert as an outside investor. Wow. So what were your biggest lessons in this process that you can share with other private club boards out there? Well, a couple of things that we looked at, um, we, we wanted to make sure we, we educated our members to make sure that they understood exactly what the issues were before we actually brought them a solution. So one of the things we had, we had tried town hall meetings and they were a disaster every time because there was always five or six members that would stand up and just completely disrupt the, the meeting and we would never get anything done. So we made the decision to actually do it as a webinar so we could monitor the questions that were coming in and not have people interrupt us as we went through. So we did two, two webinars. The first one was just to educate where we are and here are some of the options. You know, one of the options was to assess our membership and that came back from our members that they wanted to bring in an outside investor. So the second one we did before Peter even got there to do his presentation, we did another uh, webinar and we went through again why we were doing it, why we were choosing concert. And we let them ask every question they could possibly ask before Peter got there to do his presentation. We had 150 questions that were sent in as a webinar. Wow. And we answered most of them. We, some of them were repeats, but we were, we were able to avoid the ones that were just, were just out of line. And that we're going to disrupt the meeting. And when we were done, our members thought that was the best thing we ever did, um, other than bringing in concert. But it, they thought that the process that we went through, that they got to understand everything that was going on, that we were completely open with them, um, and that the decision we made was, was well-researched and was the right one. That's awesome. Tim and Peter, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Board Chats. And you, the listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Concert Golf Partners and what they're doing in the private club industry, I invite you to visit ConcertGolfPartners.com. Join us next month for another edition of Board Chats, presented by Concert Golf Partners. Well, I'm really excited to bring this next piece for you. I call this Membership is Not a Logical Purchase. As I mentioned in the beginning of the show, this is part two of three of a modern membership and marketing series that I'm putting together. The impetus for this series has really come from the better part of seven years, me working in the private club industry, trying to help clubs get more members, increase their membership, and retain those same members. So this is my latest idea. I hope you enjoy it. Before I even get into it, just want to say, after you listen to this, please let me know what you think of it. Go to the Facebook page that we talked about earlier in this episode, or just hit me up on privateclubradio.com, fill out the contact form. I would love to get your feedback after you hear what I have to say here in terms of modern membership marketing. So here's part two. Here we go. Think about the last pair of shoes that you bought. Did you buy those shoes because they had more leather per square inch than their competitor? Or did you buy them because there were exactly 48 stitches per shoe, vastly superior to other brands? Doubtful. More likely, you bought them because they look great on you. They look stylish. They were comfortable. They might impress your coworkers or your friends. Heck, maybe they just filled a gap in your wardrobe for that one outfit you've been dying to wear. We buy shoes just like we buy everything else for emotional reasons, not logical ones. The logical person would consider how much material we were getting for our money or the amount of steps we'd be able to take in any given pair of shoes before they wore out. 
but that's not why we buy them. And even if we did buy shoes for seemingly logical reasons, there would always be an emotional reason behind that one. For instance, you might buy durable shoes to hike in, but the reason you hike is because you want to stay healthy, see how far you can push your body, or for the simple enjoyment of being outdoors and exploring. It's for these emotional benefits that we break out that proverbial checkbook. Any purchase on the luxury side of the spectrum is absolutely made for emotional reasons. Cars, handbags, yachts, watches, jewelry, all those fun things, they're not logical purchasing decisions. Take private club membership. It's not a very sound financial investment. You're probably not going to get any true ROI on your equity membership. Even if you did, there are so many more alternative vehicles that a financial advisor would recommend to you. It just wouldn't make sense. People join clubs for things like camaraderie, to achieve a social status, to give their family a safe and secure environment, to experience exceptional service, and for many other reasons that are not inherently logical. Now, When I look into the marketplace today, most clubs are portraying the wrong things. They're trying to appeal to the wrong psychological motivations. Very few are selling experiences. Most are selling a series of features instead of benefits. Just about every advertising message for a private club that I see are a series of bullet point items. Bullet points are, in fact, the ultimate delivery method of logic. Think about it. Let me know if this sounds familiar to you. It's a description of a country club that I've made up, but it's one I bet you've heard in some form or another before. Here it goes. Come visit the best-kept secret in Springfield. We offer a championship 18-hole Fazio-designed course, 12 hard-true tennis courts, a modern fitness facility, an Adirondack-style clubhouse, and a 250-seat formal dining room. Sounds like something you heard before, right? Listen, I love Fazio Designs as much as the next guy. I truly do. But will I drive 20 or more miles outside my geographical area to join a club simply because it's a Fazio design? I'm sorry, Mr. Fazio. I will not. Does that big dining room offer something different than the club down the road? Probably not. Does the style of clubhouse architecture influence my decision? Unequivocally, no. The list goes on. All things being equal, I'm going to join the club I feel meets my emotional needs and those of my family. Now, if your club can do that better than the club down the road, that's where I'm going to apply. It's truly that simple for the vast majority of those considering joining a private club. As such, clubs that use copywriting and ad messages and marketing messages that are geared to the emotional side of the brain would fare far better and do more to stand out from their competition. And let me remind you that your competition is not just the club down the street. You're competing with restaurants, amusement parks, anything out there that is competing for the entertainment dollar you're competing against. Here are a few concrete examples of how you can say the same thing, but say it in a much more effective manner by replacing logical statements with emotional ones. First off, here's this. Join us for a fun-filled open house. You've probably heard that before, right? Instead, you could say, you're invited to an exclusive, one-day-only luxury lifestyle experience. You see the difference there? Instead of the best-kept secret in South Florida, and I'm sure you have heard the best-kept secret in your town or state or country, 
Instead, say something like, come explore. We've been waiting for you. You're tapping into, again, something experiential, something that's deep-seated in our human nature, the sense of exploration. That's a wonderful emotion to target. It's very powerful. Instead of that example I gave before, we offer a championship 18-hole Fazio design course, 12 hard true tennis courts, a modern fitness facility, and a 250-seat formal dining room. Instead of saying that, just simply say, imagine the possibilities and show some beautiful pictures of your spa and fitness facility, your course, your club, and most of all, people. I think that's another thing. Clubs forget to use people in their ads. They just keep showing things instead of people. Again, showing people will give a much higher and more potent emotional response because we connect with people as humans. But you can say all that with photos and that statement, imagine the possibilities. It's much more powerful because again, taps into the emotional brain. Now, understanding this concept intellectually is one thing, but putting it into practice, that's the hard part. I can almost guarantee you that your brain will try to fight this with every ounce of effort it can muster. Your fingers will beg you to type out that next bullet point list. Something in us just feels if we don't describe every last detail or squeeze in every amenity description, we'll somehow miss out on that perfect member. All I can say is don't give in to that lie. Take a look at Rolex, at Chanel, at Louis Vuitton, at Mercedes, and at every other brand on the luxury spectrum. They're selling an emotion. Study their ad messages and their copywriting style in their literature, on their websites, in their social media. You'll find they focus on things like tradition, passion, prestige, elegance, attention to detail. These are all powerful motivators for those considering big ticket items, and none of those is logical. They're all emotional. So I tell you, fight the temptation to stuff more in and edit yourself past your normal comfort levels you'll see that prospects will become much more engaged with your message if you do. That's all I've got today for you. Hope you enjoyed this one. I'd love to hear the comments. Join us on that Facebook group. Thanks again to Peter Nanula and Concert Golf Partners for joining us today. Until next week, here's to your membership success. Just because this round is over doesn't mean you can't enjoy the 19th hole. Check out privateclubradio.com for more. Private Club Radio is brought to you by the Private Club Agency, the premier marketing and consulting firm dedicated to helping clubs increase and retain their membership. Visit privateclubagency.com to learn more.